Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories, the podcast. We tell the stories of the life of Jesus and then spend some time delving a little deeper into the events happening in these stories. We want to better understand what Jehovah God is trying to tell us in these stories. In today's world, in the United States at least, there is a hue and a cry for justice. And did you know that is one of the things that Jehovah God and his son Jesus were very passionate about? In our last episode, we watched Jesus enhance a wedding celebration and then go on to destroy the moneymakers in the temple of his father. We're going to talk about those events in today's episode. How did these events demonstrate Jehovah God's desire for justice? What do they tell us about Jesus? What do they mean for us? We'll talk about it all in just a moment. Right now, I need to remind you that these podcasts come to you because of your help. You help us financially. And you pray for us, and we appreciate both. Thank you. Would you like to join the people who are helping to spread the stories of Jesus around the world? That's what I said, around the world. As of this writing, this podcast has been heard in 153 countries, with the United States and India taking the top two spots. More people from outside the United States listen than those who are inside the states. Over 88,000 episodes have been downloaded. That's over 1,000 listens per episode. So, here's my question. Would you pray about helping us out? To find out how, visit our website. It's jesusstories.info. Click on the menu tab that says support this podcast. That's jesusstories.info. Click on the support this podcast tab. And I thank you for your prayers, and I thank you for your financial support. In our last episode, we told of two events in the life of Jesus that seemed to be diametrically opposed to each other in purpose. In one, Jesus saves a celebration. In the other, Jesus breaks up a celebration. What gives? And as I indicated in the opening, how do these events demonstrate Jehovah God's view of justice? Let's talk about the wedding celebration first. If you'd like to follow these stories in your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 2. Let's recap the events first. Jesus, as I said, has gone to a wedding. He and his disciples, including his mother, have been invited to this celebration in Cana. Now, Cana is probably a small village in Galilee, and being a small village, this would have been a whole community celebration. And being a Jewish wedding, the celebration is a week or two long. So for this community, it's a really big deal. During this celebration, a problem arises. The wine is running out. Now, this is a major faux pas. The groom was expected to provide a feast and drinks for the guests for several days. 
Failure in this is a social disgrace. It could even devastate him financially. Jesus' mother, Mary, tells him of the problem. Jesus answers that this is not their problem, but Mary, in faith, tells the servants to do what Jesus tells them to do. Do you remember his instructions? There are some washing jars sitting off to the side. Jesus tells the servants to fill the jars with water and then dip it out and take it to the master of ceremonies. They do, and the master wonders about this wine. A host always serves the best wine first, he says. And then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Now, the writer John tells us that this was the first time Jesus, quote, revealed his glory, end quote. This miracle was shown only to a few people, not the entire guest list. So who did see the miracle? First, the servants saw it. They dipped the water and served the wine. So those who are the lowest in this party see Jesus. Second, his disciples see the miracle, and as a result, John tells us that they believed in him. And finally, the bridegroom saw the miracle and was saved a major embarrassment. We see Jesus providing physically and emotionally for the couple as the wine was needed for the banquet. Jesus also provided spiritually for his disciples, confirming their belief that he is indeed their Messiah. But what about you and me? What does this tell us? Well, I see two lessons here. First, we see a new creation. Now, we haven't talked about Jehovah God as creator in this podcast, but believers in Jesus understand that Jehovah God created the earth that we live on. It was something new and different. And in this writing, John has been counting days repeatedly, saying the next day. By John's counting, we're now on the seventh day, and in the telling of the story of creation, Jehovah God creates a perfect earth in the span of just seven days. It was perfect, but mankind messed it up. So God is creating perfection again with the coming of Jesus. Secondly, we see a washing, a cleansing. Remember those stone washing jars? Those were for the ceremonial washing of the outside of a person. Those pots were used for the creation of a new cleansing agent, wine. In the Christian faith, wine represents the blood of Jesus. Now, if you've listened to the first season of Jesus stories, you know that Jesus was killed on a cross. His blood was spilled, and this represents the cleansing that we all need for the sins we commit. It's an image that's used all through the scriptures, and if you look in the show notes, I list those scriptures for you so you can look them up on your own if you wish. Finally, the wine represents a uniting of people. Because of the blood spilled on the cross, people across the world, no matter their nationality, their skin color, their culture, their economic status, these people are joined together under the banner of Jesus of Nazareth. When Jesus created wine from water, he was telling the world that there was something brand new coming, a new creation 
called the kingdom of God, a cleansing from sin, and a unity of people around the world under the banner of King Jesus. No wonder he went to that party. But do you see Jehovah God's justice behind these lessons? In Jehovah God's justice, there is a desire for all to be treated fairly. That's part of what Jehovah God is working to create in his kingdom. It starts with a perfect Jesus, who is a perfect sacrifice for the sins which take us away from Jehovah God. But in that same sacrifice, that's what brings followers of Jesus together in the kingdom, a kingdom ruled by a just and fair creator, his son. Now, what about the incident in the temple? If you remember, he went to Jerusalem for Passover. Now, when he entered the temple, the text tells us that he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. So what's the big deal? These temple courts, or this section of the temple actually, was the place where Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, would go to worship Jehovah God. And in this place, animals were sold for the Passover sacrifices. You see, Jehovah God requires that an animal, usually a lamb, in perfect condition be sacrificed during Passover. If you must travel a great distance to get to Jerusalem, the lamb you bring may not be perfect once you get to Jerusalem. So there was a practice to sell a lamb in your hometown and then use that money to buy a perfect lamb in Jerusalem at the temple. But there was a problem. A normal course of trade had turned into a way for some people to take advantage of others. People were being gouged, being treated unjustly, unfairly. And besides, this activity was taking place where the Gentiles would come to worship. This would reflect poorly upon the reputation of Jehovah God among those who may not know him as the Jewish peoples did. So Jesus acts. He makes a whip and chases the merchants and their animals and the money changers out of the temple. This causes some serious conflict with the leaders of the temple. Where's your authority to do this, they ask. Show us a miracle to prove it. Now, this is not the last time that they'll make this demand of Jesus. It'll happen again. Jesus responds with this counter, which they do not understand. He says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. But the leaders say, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days? The gospel writer of this event, John, gives us some insight into Jesus' response. Jesus was talking about his own body as a temple. But at that time, no one knew what Jesus was saying. His disciples wouldn't understand this until about three years later at the time of Jesus' resurrection. Their understanding would take them to the Psalms, a psalm that King David had written, Passion for God's house will consume me. That's Psalm 69, verse 9. That scripture gives us some insight as to why Jesus took the action he did. Scriptures tell us that God is very passionate about some things. In this case, Jehovah God is passionate about preventing the use of his temple for purposes which harm others. 
So the first thing we learn is that Jehovah God is passionate about his people. He treats them justly. When the people defy him, disobey him, ignore him, he warns them about the punishment that will come to them because of their actions, their sins. It's the right thing to do. And in the time of the Old Testament kings, when the people of Israel were punished, taken into slavery by other countries like Babylon, Jehovah God told them that there would be a remnant left in Israel which would spread out over the land. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen, Jehovah tells his people. We also see that Jehovah has a passion for justice. He doesn't like to see any people who are taken advantage of or harmed in any way. Just as Jesus prevented the young bride and groom from an unfair embarrassment, Jehovah God made sure that he told them, Israel that is, what he was looking for from them. Before the Israelites, the country of Israel, went into slavery, he sent a prophet named Isaiah with a message about his expectation. Listen to this warning from Isaiah's writing. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. There is clarity in the expectation that oppressed people should be freed, the hungry should be fed, the homeless sheltered, the naked clothed, family members provided for. In the very next chapter of Isaiah, we see the result. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice he was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. Jehovah God is passionate about justice for all people. He is so passionate about justice that his passion spills over into his son Jesus. Listen to one more passage from the book of Isaiah. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So allow me to recap. Jehovah God is passionate about his people. He is passionate to see justice for everyone, and that 
compassion spills over to the hope for the world, Jesus, the ones whose stories we are privileged to share with you. Do you see a pattern here? Jesus shows up at a party and saves the day by turning water into wine. He not only saves the couple the embarrassment of being short on wine, but saves them from a major financial hardship. He ensures a just treatment for them as they begin life's journey together. He shows up at the temple and cleans house in the interest of justice. As his father Jehovah God does, Jesus is passionate for his people, for justice for them. And both Jesus and Jehovah God are just as passionate about you and me and about justice for mankind today as they were then. If you're a follower of Jesus, part of our challenge is not to just follow, but to imitate him. And that is a challenge, isn't it? It forces us to ask questions about our attitudes toward other people. How do we treat our families? How do we treat our friends? What about strangers? Do we treat others as Jesus would? Are we imitating him? Some food for thought as we close our look at the party and the purge, finding justice. So as we close, let me again remind you that these episodes of Jesus Stories come to you thanks to your support, both with money and prayers. Thank you for that. And if you'd like to join with us in spreading these Jesus Stories around the world, just visit our website, JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab to find out how. That's JesusStories.info. Our next episode, Jesus will have a conversation with a famous Pharisee. We'll learn about the new kingdom of God that we've been talking about, and we'll have much to say after that. Join us then, won't you? Tell me the story of Jesus Write all my heart every word Tell me the story of spread Sweet is that ever was heard.